Continuing the Mar and Lamed Vov. The end of the Mishnah, well, actually in the middle of the cases of the Mishnah we discussed about Mitzvah Chalavaraya, it said the halacha that Shneim Shal Ish Echod, if they were both, the Tamim were of the same person, and assuming they were the same value, etc. But the Nizik seemingly uh, is unsure, it doesn't really matter to him which one did the Hezik. So the Mishnah said, Shneim Chayovin. So what is this halacha? So it says the Gemara, Amalei Rava Mi Parzika Ravashi. So Shmamina, Shvarim Tamim Sheziku, Ratza Mizeh Gerva, Ratza Mizeh Goiva. It seems to be that you can collect from Shneim, which means, says Rava, Rava, it seems to be, it means you can collect from either one of them. So if one of them gets lost, you can collect from the other one. Is that true? Because that Lechari, we said you collect from a gufay. So the halacha of gufay says if something happens to the mazik shar and it gets destroyed, it, there is no chiv on the mazik to pay minali. It's only gufay. So why is this over here? If you have two, uh, it says you collect from both of them. Lechari should be from one or the other. And if one gets lost, you should not be able to collect from the remaining one. Tell me you're right. That line of the Mishnah, at least, is talking about by it's a mood. So if it's a mood, you're paying Menaliyah. So, of course, it makes no difference. It says, so they're arguing, as we explained yesterday, whether the mazik's larger shore or smaller shore caused the hezek. Now, if we're talking about if it's a tam, so then you could discuss what was the value of the animal that did the hezek, because you only pay me kufa, you never pay more than the value of the animal that did the hezek. But if we're talking about a muid, the mazik has to pay full value. So what would be the machlaikas? Who cares which one did it? Obviously, that case of the Mishnah is talking about a tam. So then what's this halacha? That shouldn't be true by a tam. We're going to have to split up the Mishnah that the line which says that you collect from Shneim is talking about by a Muad, so therefore who cares? Uh, but if it was a Tam, then you could collect from either one in that case because he owes you the money, but if one gets lost, you would not be able to. And the rest of the Mishnah is clearly talking about a Tam. Why is this Shneim Chayovin? It's not a din in the animal. It's a din of the person, as we explained. Always that a tam is a chiv on the cheftza of the animal, whereas a mur is a chiv on the gavra, on the person. So the Lashon of the Mishnah is clearly mashma that we're not talking about a mur, we're talking about a tam, which is, then we're back to our question. What does it mean you're collecting from both of them? Vesum my shneim. What does it mean collecting from shneim? If it's a mur, you're not collecting from them at all. You're collecting from the bailer. So therefore, says well, you're, you're right. We have to go back to the original way we read the Mishnah. We're talking about a short tam. So what is the Mishnah telling me? Rabbi Akivi, Rabbi Akiva, who is, who says that you actually obtain an ownership in the animal. According to Rabbi Shmuel, that you don't obtain an ownership in the animal. So you have an apoitiki, a shibut on it. Okay, one gets off. The shibut transfers to something else. You pay him with cash. But according to Rabbi Akiva, there's no apoitiki, there's no shibut. You own half the animal. Okay, so you could take that half animal. But the Mishnah is telling me, Gavim Yishneim means hafuch, the opposite of what we thought. The time of the Islud Shavayu. If you have two animals of the Mazik, you're not sure which one caused the damage. So according to Mishnah, what's the difference? You owe me the money. You owe me up the value of half of them, assuming they're both the same value. You don't pay me for one of them. You pay me from some other cash. Who cares? But according to Mikiva, the Peshat is your own half. So now, if both animals are around, so you, one of those half animals you have to give me. Which one? I don't care. Give me one of them. But if one of them gets lost, then you're going to be in trouble. So if you have to, if both are existing, 
then the mazik cannot push him around. Of a less no if both animals are not around, and only one is around, then Matsi then the mazik can say to the Izik, Zil Aisirai, the Haitur Azach. Bashabloch, prove to me that it's the one that's left here that you own half of, and then you can have it. If you can't prove it, then maybe the one that caused the damage and that you own half of is actually gone, and therefore there's nothing there. So, fuch. when it says in the Mishnah, Shnem Chayav, means you only Chayav if the Mazik still has both of them around. If he doesn't have both of them around, and only one of them, then Enechanami, Tzamaitzi Mechavere, Olav Arai. Hadar and Allah, Haminiach. Finish the third pack. Now let's start the fourth pack. Says the Mishnah. So if you have a shar that gores multiple times, four or five times, one after another, as we'll see in the context of the Mishnah, we're talking about it's a short tam. It says Rashi right away, what do you mean? How can you gore four or five times and be a short tam? After you gore three times, you become a muet. So Rashi explains, we're talking about a case where that it did not gore three times in, in sequence, sequentially. So it gored once, then it didn't gore when it had opportunity, then it did, then it didn't a few more times, then it did. And as we'll see in the Mishnah over the remnant of the parak, there's such a thing as becoming a muadless serugid. So you could say you become a muad that one time you gore, the next time you don't. Then two times you do, then two times you don't. So you can actually have a sequence in funny sequences to become a muad. But here we're talking about there's no sequence whatsoever. If there's no sequence whatsoever and in between the gorings, the animal had an opportunity to gore and it did not, then we say it could remain a tam, even if it gored 50 times. As long as it was spread out and didn't happen in any sort of sequence, it remains a tam. Okay, so that's just a technical issue on the Allah of the Mishnah. So what happens over here? So Zach or Zeh, so now this guy who owned the Shar Pashib Shat, he now owe, he now owes all these different people money. So, but they only collect me gufai. So, how does this work? So, it says the Mishnah, the last one person who got gored. Let's say Ruvain Shor gored Shimon's, then Levi's, then Yehuda's. Let's just take three as an example. So, Yehuda gets his chatzinazik first. If there's more money left over from the goof of the animal after Yehuda gets paid, then we say that Levi gets paid. If Levi gets paid and there's still more money left over, then then he can go back and pay Shimon. Always Yehuda gets paid first. The last one who gets gored gets paid first. That's a very strange halach, obviously. Why would you pay the last one first? Hold on, the more will explain. Rabbi Shimon, I remember, Shimon comes to argue on Rabbi Meir, seemingly. Rabbi Shimon says as follows. So going to that same case. So a shark gores another shark is worth 200. And the Nevele is worth nothing. So he owes him the full chatzi nezek, what we call. And therefore he owes him 100 shekel. So then, now, the Ruvain owned the animal. Shimon got gored and Shimon lost 200. So Ruvain owes Shimon 100. Each one of them now owns 100 in that animal. Seemingly, as we know, like Rabbi Akiva. So Shimon now owns a hundred of Ruvain's animal. Now it goes ahead and gores another animal. So now, who is responsible now for this animal? This animal is now owned Beshutfis between Ruvain and Shimon. So Ruvain and Shimon now will split the damages that it caused to Levi. And so Levi now loses a 200 shekel animal. So Levi gets Chetzinezek. Right, he's do, do 100. And now there's 100 left over in the animal. Reuven and Shimon now each own 50. They previously reached on the 100. They each have to contribute half because they were shoots from 50, 50% in the animal. Each contributes half to what they pay Levi. Levi gets 100. Each one of them gets 50. 
Now, who owns this animal? So now this animal is now owned 50% by Levi and 25% by Ruven and Shimon each. So now it's Chazav Nagach Sha'acher. Now it gores Yehuda's gosh animal. So Shavu Masayim and it's worth nothing. So Achrayin Etoman. So Yehuda gets his Chetzinazik. <coughs> Who pays that Chetzinazik? We split it according to the value of what each one owned beforehand. So Levi is going to have to pay 50% of that Chetzinazik. And Reuben and Shimon are each going to pay 25%. So what is everyone left with? Shalafan of Chamishim Zuz. Levi, who had 100, loses half of it and he pays 50. He remains with 50. V'shnayim Rishenim Diner's up. The first two, which each had 50, now they lost each half of that 50. Each left with a Diner's of, which is equal to 25 Diner Kesef. So now each one is left with 25. So now at the end of the day, it says Shimon, you have now an animal that's owned 50% by Yehuda. 25% is going to be owned by Levi, and 12.5% each owned by Reuven and Shimon. That's clearly, as we've discussed, Shita Shabi Akiva, who says each one acquires an automatic ownership in the animal that damaged him. So now let's try to figure out what the Tanakama was saying. Tanakama seemed to be arguing on this case, and said he's splitting it up differently, you pay the last one first, why? Says, Mama, sneeze some money. Who is the Tanakama of our Mishnah? Well, we said, Ashita Shabayar, what is he holding this Machlaikas that we've had already many times, to Rishmal and Rabbi Akiva on how you pay? Remember, Rishmal says you just owe the money, and you have a, a lien on the animal. Rabbi Akiva says that the Nizik actually takes ownership. So clearly, Rabbi Shimon and Amisha is clearly Rabbi Akiva. What is Rabbi Shmuel? What is Rabbi Meir? I'm sorry. So Masnisan, L'chayr Masnisan, it's like Rabbi Shmuel, but like Rabbi Akiva. It's like nobody. Why? Ik Rabbi Shmuel, if it's like Shittas Rabbi Shmuel, the Amar Bali Chayvis Nenu. So now what happens? Ruvain owes Shimon. Okay. And now they owe, now it owes Levi, and it owes Yehuda. Whenever you, L'chayr, the, the animal the whole time was owned by Ruvain. So Ruben first owed Shimon money, then he owed Levi money, then he owes Yehuda money. Okay, so what's the by Baal Generally speaking by Baal whoever is first in line gets paid. So what does it mean? Hayachachar niska, you always pay the last in line. Rishavinishka, the first lien on this animal is actually from Shimon. So Shimon should get paid first. And then what's left over, you should pay Levi, and what's left over, you should pay Yehuda. Why are you paying Yehuda first, and then what's left over, you're going the other way? That Lachayra does not fit with Shittas Rabbi Shmuel. So Lachayra Meir definitely is not Rabbi Shmuel. Irk Rabbi Akiva, which is really Rabbi Shimon's version, so they're all partners in this animal. So now this animal, when it gores Yehuda, is actually owned together by Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. So what does it mean in Yeshbein Moisa Yachshah Shalafanov? It's not Yachshah Shalafanov. It's not whatever's left over, you then pay to Levi. What's left over, you pay to Shimon. What's left over, you pay to Ruvain. That's not the way it works. They're partners. So Lakulami Baile, they pay Yehuda because they're all somewhat responsible for the damage that it did to Yehuda's animal, and therefore they each contribute percentage wise what they own, and whatever's left, they all split. So it's not like it goes from one to the other to the other. They all split, as we explained in Rib Shimon. This one owns twenty five percent, and each one of them holds twelve and a half percent, and they just get their money. There's no rolling back. So that doesn't make sense either. So who is the Tan of Vermeer? How does he learn that he's saying you pay the last one first? And then you roll it back step by step. So I'm a rabbi, the other can be shmuel. He really holds like a shmuel. Damar bali chayvis nenu. Oh, so if it's bali chayvis, you should pay the first one first. That you should pay the first one first? That was your question? You're right. In a regular case, if everything was being equal, nobody did anything they, without asking questions. Everybody came to business and said, what should we do? We would pay... First, Reuven would pay Shimon. Then, whatever's left over, Migufa, Reuven would pay Levi. Whatever's left over, Migufa, if there is any, he would pay Yehuda. 
She never pays more than the animal's worth. Fine. Here we're talking about Kachatafsu Nizik Zakin. We're talking about that after Ruvain's animal gourd Shimon, Shimon said, Oy, I don't know if Ruvain is ever going to be able to pay me, because I don't know if he has a lot of money, and he grabs the animal. Now remember, Shimon does not own, have a lien on the whole animal. He has a lien on half the animal. Best case scenario, according to Bishmol, right? So, well, that actually depends on the value, but in our case, we're talking about where it's 200, 200. So, Ruvain owes Shimon 100 shekel. Shimon takes the entire animal. When Shimon takes his entire animal, the Nasa love Kishemer Sacher, he becomes like a Shemer Sacher now, because he really doesn't own this animal. Remember, going to Shitas will be Shmol. Shimon doesn't own the animal. Shimon took the animal as a collateral. You take it as collateral, you become a Shemr Sacher. Why a Shemr Sacher? You become a Shemr Sacher because it's clearly you're getting paid because you're benefiting by holding on to this animal so that Ruben has what to pay you from and you can collect your debt. That's called a benefit. So you become a Shemr Sacher. Now, wait a second. When this animal now gores and gores Levi, who is actually responsible for the damage to Levi? Till now, we've been saying it to be Shmuel. It's Ruben's animal. Ruben's responsible for Shimon. Ruben's responsible for Levi. Ruben's responsible for Yehuda. But now that we're talking about a case where Shimon grabbed it, so when it actually goes and gores Levi, Shimon's responsible. Not Levi. Shimon, not Reuven, I'm sorry. Shimon is responsible. And therefore, Shimon's responsible to pay Levi. Levi then grabs it from Shimon after it damages Levi. And then it goes out and damages Yehuda. And therefore, says the Gemara, Levi is actually going to pay Yehuda. And then it rolls backwards. So we still have an answer to that question. Then what does it mean, Yaxil Lashelafanov? Lukhar, it's Yaxil Abailam. Remember, Ruvain in this case owned the animal. Ruvain's animal gored Shimon. Ruvain owes Shimon 100 shekel. Half of this animal now, Ruvain's animal, Ruvain owes. There's nothing to talk about. That's not debatable. It's not debatable that half this animal always belongs to Ruvain. Shimon can't take more than half the animal of Ruvain. Nothing to talk about. He only owed him 100. So when it, Shimon's animal gores Levi, Yes, Levi can collect from the animal, but not more than 50% of it, because 50% of it is not owned by Levi, it's actually owned by Ruvay. Yes, by Shimon, I'm sorry. Shimon might have to pay out of his pocket, because it's sort of begufa, that's debatable if he pays the full value of the animal or not. But there's no question, Ruvay gets half his animal back. He has nothing to do with anything else that happened. So Wiseman should say it rolls back first to Levi, then to Shimon, then to Ruvay. Ruvay should always get his half. So I'm reading, you're right. According to Bishmol, you read it like this. What it means is that Ruvain always gets his half back. That's not debatable. Ruvain always gets his half. Shimon now owns 100 shekel on this animal. Now, what does Shimon have to pay to Levi? Let's assume Shimon pays to Levi 60 shekel. And then Levi pays to Yehuda 30 shekel. Oh, okay. So now when Yehuda takes 30, there's still 70 left. Levi would get 60, and there's still 10 left that Shimon would get. And now, of course, Reuven, the original owner, gets his 100. So that's how he would split up the other 100. So when it says you roll back, you're not rolling back the whole animal. Half the animal is still owned by Reuven, but you're rolling back what's left over from the Hezek to each one. So now, let's just chazer how this Mishnah reads according to Rabbi Meir, which is going in Shittis Rabbi Yishmuel. Really, the truth is, if it's Reuven's animal, Reuven should pay Shimon first, and then he should pay Levi, if there's any money left over, and then he should pay Yehuda if there's any money left over. But we're talking about a case that each one grabbed the animal. So Shimon grabbed it from Reuven, then Levi grabbed it from Shimon, and Yehuda grabbed it from Levi. So in that case, we say that Reuven gets his 100 chuckle back, no question, because he never lost more than 100. Each one who grabbed it becomes a Shemr Sacher and is responsible for the subsequent damage that happens in the next one down the line. 
So then Yehuda gets his, because that's the damage that Levi owes him. If there's any money me gufa left over, Levi can keep that, because he owes, he's owed that by Shimon. If there's money from that left over, Shimon can keep that, because he's owed that by Reuven. But Reuven never loses his money. We're talking about whether it was Tafas, and then for the Chiv over here is a Din in Shemim. They're not the owners, but they're Ke'ilu the owners because they are the ones who are being Shemer on this animal. So now, wait a second. So, Mamayukimta, what do we say this whole Pshat is? Now, it's Rabbi Shmuel. We're saying it's clearly fitting only Rabbi Shmuel. And as Rashi explains, you can't say it's theoretically, Rashi asks, we could have said it's Rabbi Akiva, but once each one takes it, then they become a shamer. So even if it, if it was Shimon's partial animal, when Levi takes it, now Levi is responsible for the whole animal. But Rashi says, but that wouldn't make sense because then there's no question then that Yehuda would get paid. That wouldn't be a chiddish that Yehuda gets paid because it's just a din in Shmirah. In Rabbi Shmuel, we have a chiddish here. You own none of the animal, you're becoming a shamer on it. In Rabbi Akiva, you own half the animal, so you're becoming a shamer on the second half is less of a chiddish. Therefore, the ratio clearly is only fitting in Shittas Rabbi Shmuel. But Emma Seifa, clearly Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah, keep track of the names, Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah who said that they're all Shutfin, that's clearly Rabbi Akiva. Split the animal. Shutfis. So now who's responsible? Rabbi Shimon said, both Reuben and Shimon are responsible. Remember now, that's the fundamental difference here between these two alochas. In Rabbi Shimon's case, we're saying that the responsible party for the Hezek of Levi is Reuben and Shimon together. And in Rameir's case, we're saying the responsible party for the Hezek of Levi is just Shimon, because he took the animal, and he's fully responsible for it. And then Rabbi Shimon continues. Each one's got 25. So all that clears us Clearly that's going to be Akiva. They're splitting the animal mamish. Now you have a funny situation in this Mishnah. You tell me the Reisha is Shittas of Yishmael, but really Yishmael says you should pay the first guy, but here we're talking about a case where it was toughest, you pay the last guy first, because each one's responsible when we didn't shame her. And the safest of Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva is not talking about a case where you're typhus. Rabbi Akiva is talking about a regular case that you, that you split it according to the percentage of what you own. So not only is the Reisha one sheet and the Yasef another sheet, which is not a big deal because it's a Mary and Rabbi arguing, but they're talking about two different cases altogether. One's talking about where you're typhus, and one's talking about where you're not typhus. So, how do you read the Mishnah that way? It says the Gemara, Amalei Shmuel of Yehuda, Shmuel said to Rav Yehuda, Shin and Ashavik Masnisa, my sharp on Shavik Masnisa, but tell us, so I don't ask a kasha on the Mishnah, just follow my lead, Reish of Yishmuel, but say for Bikiva, it's a dechik way to read the Mishnah, but we have no other pshat. Therefore, a mayor is going, cannot be going in Shittas of Bikiva, he must be going in Shittas of Yishmuel, and the only way the Mishnah works out is when you're Tophus, and Rabbi Shimon is Dafka going to Shittas Rabbi Akiva, and there is no Tfis over there, and they're splitting everything percentage wise. So it's a funny case. It's two different Shittas and two different cases. That's the only way to read the Mishnah. Okay, but now we have another question on this Mishnah. Interesting technical question. Tananas, we have a Mishnah later on. The Mishnah discusses the Allah of Baishas. How much you have to pay when you embarrass somebody? And some things are dependent on if you're a chasha person, not a chasha person. Depends if the person who did the hezek, the mazik was a chasha person, not a chasha person. And some things Chazal gave us a fixed amount based on their understanding for like a medium person. So the mission is that if you punch somebody in the ear. So nice and light, sella. You have to pay him one sella. 
Mana, you pay a mana. And Pashup Shat, that sounds like, as we've discussed many times, a sella is four zuz. You have to keep track of the monetary units over here. A sella is four zuz. Zuz and dinner, dinner of kesef. Don't confuse. There's two kinds of dinner. There's a dinner of kesef and a dinner of zav, a gold dinner and a silver dinner. We're talking here about silver units. Okay? So the smallest unit we're going to talk about is a zuz or a dinner of silver. A sella is four of those. Okay? And a mana is a hundred of those. So a mana is a hundred zuz, which is the same as 25 sela, obviously. Okay? Relatively straightforward numbers. So, Pashup Shad, it sounds like the machlaikas here is a hundred times machlaikas. Tanakama says you pay him one sela, not 25 times machlaikas, I'm sorry. One sela, which is four zuz. And basically, he says you pay him a hundred sela, which is 25 times more. So it's 25 times four, he give you a hundred. But it's not so clear. Why? Because we had a story. Who gathered the Tukla Chavre? He punched his friends. So he has to pay this according to the Tanakama a sella. Shalchav Tui Masnas Tukla Kamei Dov Yosef. He asked him the following question: Sell it Suri Tanan or Sell it Medina Tanan? We have a problem. In those days, there were two types of coins that were called a sella. Generally speaking, the coinage in those days was based on the weight and the amount of silver in the coin. Now, in Tsur, which is a city in northern Lebanon. Um, that was where the capital was. And over there, they had a lot of silver. And the pure coins that came out of there, based on their weight and their silver content, was called Selatsuri. However, in the rest of the area, and there it's Israel in that time, they didn't have enough silver. And therefore, they created a coin that seemed to be the same size as the Selatsuri, but it contained much less silver content. It was made of other, other types of metals. And that's what we call a Sela Medina. Now, a Sela Medina is worth one-eighth of a selatsuri because it contains one-eighth the amount of actual silver. So now the Gemara has a fascinating question. When the Mishnah said over there, did you pay a sela? Is that the expensive tsuri sela? Or is that the cheaper Medina sela? Now the Mishnah does not, the Gemara does not discuss what, when the Mishnah said a mana, does he mean the more expensive mana or the cheaper mana? It seems that he's always, a mana is generally a coin that you talk about in terms of the more expensive type of coin. But here the question is, is therefore the sela and the mana the same coinage all from Tsuri? So as we explained, it's 125th of each other. Or maybe the sela is sela medina, which is one-eighth of that, which would mean that it's going to be worth a 200th of that amount. It's going to be worth a, a much, much less of that, because we're talking about something that's only worth a half of Zuz, as opposed to be worth four Zuz, right? If a Sela Tsuri is four Zuz, then a Sela Medina is one-eighth of that, is a half a Zuz. So then the Machlaikis in the Mishra is tremendous Machlaikis. A half a Zuz, or a hundred Zuz? It's a huge Machlaikis. So I'm a he said, I can prove to you from our Mishnah here in Babakana. Why? The Mishnah talks about when you're splitting up the ownership of this animal, according to Shimon, according to Rabbi Akiva, and it says that you split up the amount you pay based on the percentages. And what does it say? Shneimer Yishenim paid dinar zov. So when it broke it down, it said in the first case, by the first Hezek, the Bailam and the Nizik split it, each one owns 100. Then when it's Mazik Shimon, when it's Mazik Shimon, so Shimon gets his 100, and each one of the Bailam and the first Nizik, so the Bailam is Ruvain, the first Nizik is Shimon, and the second Nizik is Levi. So when it gores Levi, Levi takes 100, and Ruvain and Shimon each own 50. That's what the Mishnah said. When it then now goes ahead and gores uh, Yehuda, so Yehuda takes 100, uh, totally, and now Levi, we said, gets 50, and Reuben and Shimon each get 25. 
Okay. If it now then goes and goes somebody else, so he that uh, let's see, Yisachar. So Yisachar would get. In theory, Yisachar would take his hundred. Yehuda would get fifty, and now Levi would get twenty-five. And now the original twenty-five that Reuven and Shimon have, they would split it. Now the Mishnah doesn't say that case. The Mishnah stops at the previous case. In the case where it gores Yehuda, Yehuda takes a hundred, and now Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, who were shutfin in the animal, Levi had owned fifty percent of it, and each Reuven and Shimon owned the twenty-five. So now they lose a hundred off the top. So Levi gets fifty, and Reuven and Shimon get each get twenty-five. The Mars question is: Why did it not say the next case of Yisachar? Now the answer you normally say is: Is because they didn't have that size coins. In other words, what would happen there? Yisachar would take a hundred. Yehuda would take 50, Levi would take 25, and then you'd have to split the 25 remaining into two 12 and a halves. They didn't have half-size coins. If they didn't have half-size coins, then it's hard to talk about such a case. And that's why he didn't say it. Says the Gemara, so he says, If the Mishto ever would entertain when it says the word sela. It means a sela medina. And how much is a sela medina, we said? Sela medina is one-eighth of a sela tsuri. Sela tsuri is four zuz. So sela medina is one-half zuz. Oh, now we have a coin that's worth half. So now, nifla ivanisli, we could say the next case. A trace of a sela. We could have said the case of Yisachar. Yisachar takes 100. Yehuda takes 50. Levi takes 25. And Reuven and Shimon each get 12, 12 selatsuri plus one sela medina, which is a half of a zuz. Each gets 12 and a half. That's 12, 12 not selatsuri, 12 zuz plus a half a zuz. What's a half a zuz coin? Half a zuz coin is this sela medina. Sela medina is half a zuz. Wanted to say that. For the fact that they did not say that case, it's much for no such thing as a half zuz coin, which means we're never, even though they had a sela medina, the mission never discusses it. And therefore, that would mean that when the mission said you pay baishas of a sela, it meant the selatsuri, not a sela medina. The reason it didn't say that case is because we got the point already. Maybe it could have said 12 plus a seller, which is 12 and a half. But it didn't have to go through all those cases. The difference didn't bother. It's not, a, it's not a peddler that has to give you all the options. So my habit, Taka, what's the, what's the pshat? Do we, when it says seller, does it mean seller tsuri, the expensive seller, or seller medina, one-eighth value? When the Torah says you have to pay a shekel or something like that, that's Kesef Tzuri, that's the expensive seller. And expensive, expensive shekel. Whenever it's a Dindar like this case of Baishas, and how much you have to pay is a Dindar then it would be Kesef Medina, it's a cheaper one. So therefore we're coming out, that when it says Sela in that Mishnah, it means a Sela Medina, which is a half a Zuz. And Rabbi Yaisi argues and says, Amana, which is a hundred of the Sela Tzuri, of the, of the of the Tsuri version of the Zuz, which would be 200 times more. So this guy got hit. He said, how much do I get from Baishas? A half a Zuz. Half a Zuz. Leave me alone. I don't need it. Give it to Tzedakah. Don't bother giving me a half a Zuz. I don't need your half a Zuz. If that's all it is, give it to Tzedakah. Hadar Amar changed his mind and he said, Nesanila, give it to me. everybody I'll use it. I'll buy myself a Coke. I'll do something to pay myself. I want it back. No. Once you say you're giving it to the Aniyim, it's like Maimid Shloshtan, right? Once you say in front of two people that you're giving it to the third party, to the Aniyim, it becomes the Aniyim's automatically, even though the money's not even here. Money's loyed by the Yolam, Maimid Shloshtan works even by a Dover Shloyed by the Yolam, Teshua says. Oh, there's no Aniyim here. 
So there's no honey here to be kainit in Maimid Shloshton. Maimid Shloshton means that in business you're allowed to have three people and say, uh, you know the money you owe me, give it to him and it becomes his automatically. It's a special business uh, uh, halacha that Chazal said you can do. So you don't have to actually change money, you can just transfer the ownership of it, even though it's not here. Now, even though there's no honey here, we are considered the, the Bezdin, or the, the Rabbanim of the time, are considered Yadanim. Uh, or poor people don't have to write a prusbal. It's handing over your stars to Bezdin. Bezdin collects it for you then. Anim or Yisaymim, Bezdin is always working on their behalf. And therefore you don't need a prusbal, it's built in. So similarly here also, when you say you're going to give the money to Tzedakah, Bezdin is automatically kind of that money, or the Rabbanam, automatically kind of that money for Anim, and you can't go back on it. Okay, no one more case. As we said, you have to pay him a Sela Medina, which is a half of our Zuz. So, Havale Zuza, he didn't have that coin, he only had the full Zuz coin. He asked him for change. So, So he wanted to give him the full Zuz. He said, Give me change, I don't have change. Give me a half coin, I don't have a half coin. So only I can give you a full one. What am I going to do? I don't want to pay you a full one. See, no problem. She said, fine. So I get a free punch. Here's a full Zuz, and I get a free punch, and he punched him a second time. Maybe that's why he's called Hanan Bisha. It's not such a nice thing. Not a nice name either. But uh, but we definitely see, as we've been saying, that the normal seller, when the Torah talks about it, is the expensive seller Tzuri. But when Chazal talk about it, it's the seller Medina, which is really a half of a Zuz. Uh, and therefore, that's all you have to pay for Baishas in that case. Uh, in our mission, we could have said a case of 12 and a half, and you could have had unlimited cases like that if you wanted to, uh, but Lamai said the mission just gave us a, a few examples so we understand how to split up the partnership according to Abshim and according to Shitas Rabbi Akiva. Okay.